Hi, this is Gamer UK, and you're listening to Mazacast with Unspeakable Acts and Friends. Please remember, this is for adults only, so if you're not 18, then please find something that won't get you into trouble to do instead. Have a nice, kinky day. Hi, and thank you for downloading uh, a Mazacast. So, I got home from work today, and uh, I thought, okay, all I'm going to do is record the intro and the outro to this latest episode, do some other work, blah, 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 put out the episode, and we'll be good. Well, no, I got home, and as soon as I walked in the door, um, I just had just a shitty day, just a shitty-ass day, and I just needed to to lay down and cuddle with Saad for just a few minutes, and um, so that's what I did, and then, uh, I, you know, I got home around like 6.30, 7 o'clock, and then uh, I woke up now, uh, at, you know, just a little after midnight, so, so uh, hello. And I'm no longer having a shitty day, so it's even better. Um, uh, this will, if you're having a shitty day, this will this will make your day a lot better too. Miss Ivy League, who's a lot of fun, someone I've known for a few years, and uh, this this episode when I was recording it with her, this also turned out to be an, an example of it was an excuse to, to to get to sit down with someone who is a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a while. So it's like you know the podcast serving two roles there in a way. What's what's not to like? Miss Ivy League. Yeah. Okay. You can just call me Ivy. Okay. Well, <laughs> so uh, people have been asking me for a long time, can you get a burlesque, poly, kinky uh, mom in New York City? And I'm like, guaranteed I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course. No, but uh, actually, to be honest, I didn't know you did burlesque. I didn't yeah. Know you did yeah, that. no, I started doing it. Um, I started doing it seven months after my son was born wow (laughs) so i I started doing it after i had a baby so what was um what was the you know i'm gonna start doing was it something you always wanted to do well it was like this weird sort of like one thing led to another thing where um so my husband when we were first dating introduced me to burlesque this the scene you know and we went and um saw a bunch of burlesque and i always every time i left i had i had danced like um a lot of ballet and stuff growing up and then had stopped and you know I always missed it and everything and every time we left a burlesque show I'd be like I would have like a million ideas for like for like if I did burlesque I would do this and I would do that and this would be a great number and blah 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 and then um and then after uh and then I the year we got married in 2008 um a month before we got married actually I started dating this guy um, Dave and uh, and we fell in love. He's still my boyfriend. He lives out in Seattle now, but he was living in New York at the time. And for a while, he dated a really um, a quite well known burlesque person who also teaches. And I got to know her through her dating my boyfriend, and then she dated my husband for a while. <laughs> so confusing. You people, you people, you people, and you're poly. Right. But I got to know her and become friendly with her, and. Um, after my son was born, I just was like, you know, after you have a baby, you get kind of um, disconnected from your body a little bit. Tell um, me about it. Well, I, I, it wasn't so much that I was just, dis- I had a lot of things happen. I had like my, I lost, I had a baby, my, my boyfriend moved, I lost my job and my dad died all within the space of like four months. Wow. And so at about six months, I was like, I need to like find myself who I am again. You know, I'm, I know I'm a mom. I know I'm me, but like, what do I like to do for myself 
that's pleasurable just for me. And so um, I went on the New York School of Burlesque website and um, I just started taking ballet at first with Dirty Martini on Saturdays. Um, or Tuesday nights or something like that. And it Dirty was, Martini is a thing? Dirty Martini a is a really famous and amazing burlesque performer who See. everybody needs to Google. She will knock your socks off. Homegirl. Sure. And she does like, she was trained as a baller, ballerina classically, but she went into burlesque. She's kind of like partially because she was a, a performance artist, but also because she does not have a typical ballet body and there was no way she was going to be able to dance for a living when, you know, she's like her mom always said she came out of the womb dancing. So but she's an incredible ballet teacher. And so I started taking ballet with her, which I was like, oh, yeah, I love dancing. I missed it so much. I haven't danced since I was like 18. You know, this is great. And then um, I decided I would take the essentials of burlesque with Joe Weldon and uh, Gal Friday. And um, actually, Jezebel Express taught a little bit of that series. It's like a six-week series. Um, and then... So you, you keep saying names. I think they're Yeah, names. they're all burlesque So I wasn't performers. sure that, like, Jezebel's Express. That sounds Jezebel, like a train line. Je- Jezebel Express is a, is a performer. She performs all over the world. Okay. She taught burlesque in, like, Norway, Norway and all these places. You can places. tell I'm an idiot when it comes yeah. to burlesque, right? The only burlesque I've ever seen was... Uh, it was like a very, just a fleeting, it was like a side thing on some show, I saw. Right. right. So that was it. But I know it's like, it's huge, right? It's huge, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt your story. No, but, no, no. But so you started taking class. So I took, I took like the essentials of burlesque, which is like, you, it's like all these three hour workshops. Pasties 101. There's like, there. well actually years before I had made pasties at a, at a workshop, like, and it turns out that, um, well, I'll tell you that That's later. Right. Anyway, so um, I... It's like three hours of like peeling out of stockings and gloves, you know, another three hour workshop on fan dancing, another three hour workshop on chair dancing, Um, an afternoon spent like learning how to like walk in those really ridiculously crazy high heels and dance in them and stuff like that. And so um, and then after that, I had every couple of months, the New York School of Burlesque has a has a. what's it called, a showcase, a student showcase. And so I performed in the student showcase as my first performance. Sure. And my son was 10 months old at that point. And um, a woman, uh, Kiki Lewis, saw me perform at the student showcase, hunted down my husband in the audience because she couldn't find me and was like, I have a burlesque show. I want Ivy League in my show. Give her my card. It was so like New York discovered on Broadway, you know, with jazz hands. Um, And so now once a month I perform with paper dolls. That's awesome. In various venues, because we're always moving our venue right now. Okay, so first question. Yes. Difference between burlesque and stripping. Here's my idea of what it might be. (laughs) The music. I think that's maybe the only... Burlesque, you have like sort of the old timey, you know. Not necessarily. Whereas stripping, white snake. No, no, not necessarily. The way, and I'm going to use Joe Weldon's um, description of what the difference is because um, she's kind of like you know she is the, the headmistress of the New York School of Burlesque, and uh, she knows her shit. She's mm-hmm. been both a stripper. And a burlesque star. (laughs) And she knows the history of both those things really well. And the way she talks about it is that the difference is actually in... The way she puts it is where the money is, right? With with stripping, it's a one-on-one transaction. 
the dancer goes up to a single guy and says, give me money for this performance. And it's a one-on-one transaction. You're performing for an audience of one, essentially. I mean, you go up on stage and you dance around as advertising, but the place where you make your money is um, with the individual guys. The purpose is almost to seduce one person in order to write. Right, exactly. Um, With burlesque, it's the entire audience. There is... There might be a little moment of one-on-one interaction, Mm -hmm. but that's not... The point is that you're interacting with an entire room, you know? And so your focus isn't on a single individual. And as such, there's also other elements, too. Burlesque tends to um, also be about humor um, and theatrical Mm -hmm. stuff, so you will find way more like costuming, storytelling, and all that stuff in burlesque than you will in a strip club, generally speaking. Right. Uh, in a strip club, it's generally like you're in a, you're in a small, a mini skirt that comes off and now you're in a bikini and now you're in your G-strings and now you're in nothing. In burlesque, it's like you come out and you'll often be like, you know, you have props and you're telling a story about how this guy broke up with you and you're taking off your ring and all the clothing he gave you and throwing it in the trash can and then leaving naked, right? right. And so, like, there's this whole other level of theatricality that comes sure. out of it. Thank you for explaining it in a way that even I understand. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you if you go to a show sometime, you you and Saad should come to one of my shows sometime. Well, one thing I've always... I'll get felt, you in. One thing I've always felt uncomfortable... I'll cop you. <laughs> I've always felt uncomfortable about stripping is that... The one-on-one thing, I don't feel comfortable with the yeah, one-on-one Yeah, no, and the thing, what's interesting is, like, like I have a lot of friends who are um, who are strippers and dominatrixes, and I'm I'm pretty, like, sexually open, I think. Sure. I mean, compared to some of my friends, maybe sure. not. Right. <laughs> but compared to my straight friends, absolutely. <laughs> right. um, but um, I don't feel comfortable. I've never, I've had people in my past say to me, oh, you know, you should be a stripper, blah, blah, blah. You've got a beautiful body. You love to dance, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... I don't feel comfortable going up to someone and being like, please give me money so that I can grind my ass on your crotch. Like, it's just not who I am. But you put me with that remove of being on the stage. I feel very free. And, And it's just a personality thing. You know, it's like I know people who um, like I have one friend who is um, who's an escort. And I'm just like, I'm like. I'm like, you have more compassion than me, more understanding than I do, and just more tolerance for the foibles of humanity than I do. It's got nothing. It's actually, she's in some ways a better person than I am. It's not that I'm a better person for not engaging in that kind of work. It's just our, the personality thing. She's like, and meanwhile, at the same time, she's like, oh, my God, I could never do burlesque, even though she loves to dance. And I'm like, well, why not? And she's like, it's so much stuff. <laughs> All that stuff. I just want to take off my clothing and be naked. I just don't want to like, she's like, can we just dance around naked? Like, why do I have to take stuff off? Why do I have to put on makeup? Why do I have to do all this crap? But you don't have, she could just do that, couldn't she? She could, but it, she probably wouldn't get invited to perform very much because burlesque is also about the tease. It's also oh, about, it's about the, the reveal. Tease. You know what I mean? Like there, there's been a few numbers I've seen where, for instance, someone didn't take anything off, right? Um, there was one where uh, I saw, who was it? I'm trying to remember. It was to um, Flash Gordon. Okay. The whole show was to the music of Queen, which 
was awesome. And um, I think it was Nasty Canasta, who is a burlesque performer. Fantastic name, right? Nasty Canasta. Okay, go on. Yeah. Okay, I have to write something down. <laughs> and she comes out, and she's wearing this, like, um, she's wearing this cloak. And underneath, she's just got on the G-string and the pasties, right? And you know Flash, the song for Flash Gordon, it's like, dun, 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 right, Flash! Right, right. Dun-na! Right, right, right. Right? And she would just, like, she's, like, walking in a circle slowly, and she's like, dun, 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 dun. And then she it goes, Flash! And she, like, sticks out one arm, and you just see half her, bo- her naked body, and then it closes. Right. Right? So you just get a glimpse. And it's like that throughout the whole thing. And it was fantastic. She never actually took off the cloak. It was all in just the manipulation of what you were seeing and when you when, when you were seeing. I it. can understand the appeal of this. I, yeah, I can see this. I can. See yeah. Um, could we just do a little a little brief game? Yeah. Could you name five burlesque performers? Mm-hmm. And in those five, make up a name, and I'll see if I can identify which one is the fake name. Okay. 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 Um, let me think. Hold on a second. It's going to give me a second. No, take uh, your time. Lucky Chang. Okay. Um. Uh, Kitty Cavalier. Okay. Um, Cheese Danish. Well, that, was, that would be a great Isn't name. A great that yeah. would be a great name. Um, Little Debbie. Okay. Um, Ruby Valentine. Okay. Tony Elling. What was the last one? Tony Elling. I think Little Debbie is the made up one. Yeah. 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 There we go. You know why? How I thought? Why? Because that was the fastest one that you came up with. <laughs> But what was, was there a key for you? Was there a trick for you making up a? Is there, a, for example, what, your porn name is your street right, name, yeah. which mine is Rule Route Two, <laughs> Laddie or something. It's like right. a pet name. See, I would call I would call that Rural Route. I would just change to Raul. Oh, okay. Let's let's Raul Laddie. Raul. <laughs> That's pretty um, funny, right? Sure. Raul. Raul. But um, is there was there is there a trick on coming um, up? With? Well, there's now, at this point, there's so many burlesquers, there's things that you should avoid. Kitty. There's too many kitties. Okay. Um, there's too many misses. I mean, I'm a miss too, but I do it to, I, to differentiate myself from like the set of schools called the Ivy League. Right. Um, uh, there's too many misses. There's too many kitties. There's a few too many Valentines. Um... There's another one on a few too many vixens at this point. Um, so there's like a lot of a lot of names like that. But usually people try to pick names that, you know, they think about like what is it they want to present or what is it what is an attribute of themselves that they want to explore through their art their the art of burlesque. And what made you decide? Ivy League. Is it because you have more degrees than a thermometer? Uh, it is, actually. I have two Ivy League degrees. Uh, see. And so um, there are actually quite a few Ivy Leaguers in burlesque. Why is um, I don't know. I think, you know, it's it's the intellectual way to strip. Oh, see, there you go. Um, uh, Calamity Chang, actually, is 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 a graduate of Columbia. And um, Johnny Pork Pie is a graduate of Brown. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, hold on. Johnny Pork Pie. No, wait, you mean that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Johnny John- Pork Pie runs it. Runs has a game show show he does called um, Grab My Junk. Johnny Pork Pie. <laughs> Johnny Pork Pie went to Brown. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> very, a very nice guy. He's great. But 
never want to see anyone named Johnny Park. <laughs> He's I fantastic. Stay away if I saw He's a fantastic performer. I'm sure, but <laughs> I never want to see anything Johnny Pork Pie. <laughs> Well, you know, the hat, the pork pie hat. Oh, pork. I didn't know pork pie was a type of hat. Yeah. This sounded like some sort of STD. Sex thing. <laughs> well, there's a oh, sex got, pie thing. Pig I got a pie. I've got a, a ca- bad case of the pork, the pork pie. pie. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me pork pie. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, um, so people tend to uh, pick things. Like, for instance, Lolita Von Cake. She's a great performer, but she's she's pretty young. She's only in her early twenties, and um, she has a, she does a lot of classic style burlesque, and she has a kind of sweet demeanor on stage. And so she's young, Lolita Von Cake. She's sweet and okay. delicious, you know. Um, and that's the that's what she wants to present as well. You okay? So so one thing that kind of surprised me because I have I have a lot of female friends. And uh, several of them have had kids, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed that's universal amongst all of them is that uh, every single one of them that, I, you know, present company excluded, clearly, uh, feel very self-conscious about their bodies after having a kid. Yeah. Right? Even, even though they have nothing to be self-conscious about. In my opinion, I've, right. ever, I've always been the one that says, "Are you crazy? You look great." I'm right. Always, you know, because it's true. I don't just lie. I'm right. Just, it's true. They don't have pork pie or something. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But I've always said you look, you look. Right. But none of them would say, uh, "You know what? Now that I've had a kid, so just a few months after, I feel comfortable taking my clothes off." <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm saying that, like, kudos to you. Oh, thank you. Because that is. Well, it was very much a way for me to like. Take your body back. Take my body back. Right. You know. That's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Are there any, I mean, for those who might be out there, mm-hmm. who might may have just had, had a kid recently or something like that, are there any, so, and did you just say, screw it, I'm going to do this? Or what um, was, well, this, this sounds like, well, this sounds like a movie. After I took the burlesque class, the essentials of burlesque, and before I got on stage, there was one more thing that I did. And I took, um, it was also through New York School of Burlesque. I took, um, oh God, what's her name? I'm blocking her name. Oh, Famous Bob. World is, is Famous a, Bob. Is a her. Is a her. Okay. And by the way, she legally changed her name. Her first name is World. Her middle name is Famous. Whoa. Her last name is Bob. Holy crap. World Famous Bob. See, that's someone I have to meet. Yeah, she is so... She is one of the most awesome, marvelous humans I have ever met. Right. She teaches um, a course, a workshop called uh, The Ultimate Self-Confidence Workshop. And um, it's like 25 bucks. And I really think that any woman who has any issues at all about what they look like should just spend the $25, have an afternoon with Bob, and you won't have that issue anymore. I mean, she I offers it like once a month. Also, don't wanna, I don't want to like take money away from her. Right. Can you go through some of the, just a few of the small? No, I don't. I can't talk about oh, what really? happens. Oh, okay. Because um, it's very important that you just sort of, Is there like a lot of of hot nakedness that goes on? You have to just go through the experience. This is awesome. Um, Well, that's worth the $25. Yeah. Can guys go? No. What if I feel self... I do actually feel self... I don't know. You might have to... You'd have to email. Uh, But it does tend to be mostly women. And um, I do know that Joe has been wanting to offer a boylesque course, um, but not enough guys signed up. Boylesque. Boylesque. Which... 
is boy burlesque. Oh, no, I got that. <laughs> I'm not that... Well, thank you very much, just in case. Just in case. You said you were, you I know, am. farmer. <laughs> so, boylesque. I'm trying to think of something that sounds less appealing. It's actually awesome. Really? It is so... Usually the guys... First of all, the guys can do things physically that the women can't. Um, sounds like a little sexist. No, mean, like, no, look, just... Look, well, they're, they're moving... They're, the way they move or? is going to be different than a woman moves. Okay. You know what I mean? And so they bring a different kind of energy. That's a nice um, way of putting it. And... Um, you know, it's just a different, it's a reimagining of, the, the thing that I love most about burlesque is when I go to see a burlesque show, especially like a themed show, you could, I really believe you could have a sh- themed show where everybody danced to the same song and you would get no two things that were even close to alike, um, except for the fact that people ended up in, in pasties and a G-string right. at the end. Um, Are there guy versions of pasties? Yeah, totally. What guy, is it, just a condom? Well, some, guy, well, some guys will um, just go totally naked. Right. Tigger often goes completely naked. Um, some guys uh, have been known to put a pasty on the end of their penis and twirl that, which right. is pretty funny. Or assholes. They'll put tassels on their butt and sure. shake those. Or they'll just wear... Pa- assholes? Assholes. Good Joe's God. like obsessed. Joe Weldon's like obsessed with assholes right now. So um, <laughs> she's teaching everybody how to twirl their, their ass. That is really... Okay, I'm learning a lot of things. And <laughs> what I'm learning is there's a lot of funny names of things Oh well, I mean, and, Yeah, and I mean, you have to understand like, burlesque is so funny like a lot like okay the last show i was in i did um what i call my disco birth number which is to donna summer's love to love you baby which is the one where she's like moaning and groaning and i come out and i have like fans and stuff and then i pull back the fans and reveal that i have a great big pregnant belly you did you did at the time oh you didn't no 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 it's a fake pregnant belly and i pop it and glitter comes out like it's my water breaking oh wow and then i strip out of my nightgown into a bodysuit that has like sewn onto it sequin nipples and a sequin bush and then the bottom opens up and i give birth to a baby on stage that has a marabou on umbilical cord. Marabou is the stuff that they make feather boas out oh, of. Oh, okay, sure. And, it, and then I actually give birth to a glitter-covered placenta, which I twirl around my head like a lasso. And then you bake And then I strip. Pot. And then I strip out of the bodysuit, and my, my pasty covers are bottle covers. Are bottles, like tops. That is... It's hysterical. You, when you tell that story in the future, you should tell it slower because that's a lot to <laughs> absorb. And it's hysterical, and people are like laughing. It is great. And, you know, hot mama burlesque. Hot mama burlesque. And it's once a year. It's once a year. It's run by um, Raven Snook. Um, and if you just Google hot mama burlesque or Raven Snook, it'll there's a page that'll come up for it. And um, you said you were in it. And I was it. I was invited to be in it this past year. Um, she does the show once a year because she's got like a six-year-old. Right. Um, but every woman who performs in it, except for Creamy Stevens, <laughs> these names <laughs> I know they're so great, the um, is a mom. Right. And um, it's just really, it's really great. There's moms of all shapes How and did sizes. Creamy Stevens get the get the pass. She does. Um, she is Raven's a good. They're good. Fr- she's good friends, and she considers Creamy to be a mother of burlesque artists. Oh. And Creamy also does her one of her one of her numbers that she has a kid in the number. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, she doesn't get a chance to do that number very often. Right. So she gets to do it here. And are there a lot of moms that? Sh- I mean, do you it's, ha- the you- audience is mostly moms, 
and all the performers are moms. And this year, Lolita Von Cake, who I was talking about earlier, she's pregnant with her first child, and she was performing and showed her belly. And it, you know, it's really cool. You can like, you see, some people have had C sections sure. and other people haven't, and but it's it's really nice to see um, that. And I think it gives a lot of the women who come to it, who are moms, a sense of peace about their own bodies. So. You know, this is the, I've actually had a lot of people who have requested this kind of segues into a lot of people have asked uh, hey can you have someone on who's a parent to talk about kinky parenting and all right. that um, because you know to be honest I know I have several friends who are in, in the lifestyle who've had kids recently in the last two years and um, I always thought you know well that's it nice knowing you never going to see you again or the, but no they're actually they still go out to events and all mm-hmm. this other stuff it turns out they're not dead as yeah. it turns out yeah surprisingly <laughs> but um, but it does change things and I thought well this would be a good yeah. you'd be a good person to, to have on and also uh, you know we can talk about um, were you planning on on having kids for, mm-hmm. and, and when you when you did you weren't worried were you worried at all about oh this is going to change things or well I mean like I I I had my son, um, I was 36 when I got pregnant with him and 37 when I gave birth to him. Right. And um, I had always planned on having children in my mid-30s and um, knew that it would change my life the way that they tend to. Right. Um, but it was something that I wanted to do. And, it, you know, and I also was like, you know, even if it changes stuff, it changes stuff for a number of years. But then... 18 is more is a, is a number is a huge number it's not no. like oh they'll be hang out for a little while and then no more okay. like look by the time they're 15 they can stay home on friday night alone okay you yeah. know what i mean like but you know you have i'm lucky enough that i have a partner in some ways i sometimes feel like like my boyfriend he he's divorced and um in some ways i feel like he has more opportunity to like really go out and have adventures because he knows for a fact that three or four days a week, he does not have his daughter. Right. There's like a chunk of time. Right. You know, and there's no worry about like, well, if I stay out another hour, that's another 15 bucks out of my pocket, you know? Right. And he can also have someone come over. Right. You know, because the kid's not there. Of course. Completely. Right. You know, whereas if like, you know, you're married, like one of you's staying home and so there's that negotiation. Sure, I gotcha. Um, or you're both going out and then you're paying someone well, just, or whatever. Just so that people can kind of map out. Yeah. Situation. You have, uh, you're, you're married. I'm married. I got married in uh, 2008. You have? A husband. A husband. And a long distance boyfriend. And a long distance boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. So my husband, um, we'll call him Max because that's his scene name. Sure. And you, you, you date as well outside of that? Or um, you, or you... right now I was trying to date for a while, um, and there's like one person I really like him and I would like to see him more, but I simply don't have the time right now. Sure. Um, and part of that too is that it's not just uh, it's not just that we have a toddler. It's that we have a toddler and I'm also starting a business and I've also been studying to be a yoga teacher and I also do burlesque. Well, So at that point, you know, it's like if, if I had a regular nine to five job and a toddler without the other four items going on, it probably would have a little more room to date. Well, every poly person I know seems very good at organizing relationships yeah. already. Yeah. Right? So, 
maybe it's it's less of a shock cause, like I have the, my friends who are vanilla at least as far as I know they're vanilla my right. co-workers and all that stuff um, when they have kids their life basically shuts down right right but yet my kinky friends it like, doesn't seem to be this case right why, why do you think that is well I do think that is it because they're neglecting their children? Is that what you're saying? No, I think if um, if you're kinky and or poly, you probably have gone through a period of your life where you really had to figure out who you were and carve out a space for yourself. And so by the time you have kids, you already know how to make a space for yourself. Right. Um, that's distinct from, you know, a lot of people kind of fall into having kids and then the kids subsume them or they also or they think it's like, they think that's how it, it's just got to be that way. Right. You know, whereas, right. you know, I don't know about other people, but I had an experience growing up where my my mom was very much her own person, you know, and she had stuff she had to do. And, you know, like she had space to be herself. And my dad was very much his own person. And so I always saw them as individuals, not I knew that they had like a, a life outside of me, right. which I liked, right. you know, and I think that makes a, that makes for a, a happy parent, which makes for a good parent. Right. That's a good point. I'm, I'm guessing like you took some time to be with your husband, uh, who's the father of your child, and also your baby. It's not like like at the maybe maybe I'm wrong, but the day after your birth, you didn't go. All right, this is great. I gotta go to this play party. <laughs> With this guy I'm not the day after. No, no, I'm kidding. No. Um, well, actually, when I was pregnant, we went to a couple, few, a few not public events, but right. a few play events, right. and um, that was really funny because it was like, no matter what I did, like it didn't matter if I ran out of breath or whatever. The fact that I was pregnant made anything I did so much kinkier. Really? Yeah, because it's like, and she's pregnant. <laughs> you know, it's like I got a spanking, and she was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> she fisted me and she was pregnant. She was fisting for two. Yeah, like, so just this sort of like everything I did was like eight times kinkier because right. of the fact that I was pregnant. So, you know? but, but have you, did you notice anything? Oh, this is, wow, this is good. Now, I don't know, how do you, how do, how do you identify it as it come, when it comes to kink? Um, I'm, at, I'm a toppy switch. Okay, top switch. Toppy switch. So, top with everybody except for my husband and boyfriend okay but occasionally with them <laughs> I'll switch. Have you, did you notice any any changes in play other than the physical ones did you notice any changes in play when you're pregnant did you um were you if it was like a did you be were you any more emotional well, the, phys- the, the physical ones were um related to how i could play Okay. So, like, there came a point, for instance, where I couldn't strap on a cock anymore. Right. Because my belly got in the way. Sure. <laughs> and, and you don't want to strap when, And when my belly was that big, you're not supposed to lay on your back. So it's not like I could lay on my back and have my boyfriend sit on, on it then. Right. Um, so, like, that had to stop for a while. But I could do other things. You know, I could fist him. So that right. was fine, you sure. know. Um, and uh, because I got out of breath... Like I couldn't, I couldn't be as sort of muscling, manhandling my partners as much, um, because I would get out of breath and I'd get sleepy, and so I became a lot. More, I became more of like a lazy top. Right. You know, I'd be like, do this, do that. You know, <laughs> um, but I just changed the dynamic of the play to 
reflect how I was feeling, you know? Um, and like currently right now with my husband, I, I was, I'll say my, my son's now two and he goes through like these phases where he doesn't sleep a lot, you know? And I'll say to my husband, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't be like, you know, athletic porno girl right now. I'm just, I'm just like the tired, like just do me, you know? Right, right. And he's like, that's okay. I like just doing you. You know, it's fun for me. Like, you're not doing anything for a change of pace. That's sure. right. Take it, you know, because he's so switched too. Right. So, um, so it's fine, you know. It's just that you have to adjust to where you're at currently. Right. You know? Um, do you find yourself... Okay, so during the pregnancy, though, did you find yourself because they say that pregnancy affects you in multiple different ways mm -hmm. you know physiologically mentally emotionally all that stuff did you notice you were prone to certain types of play more so like boy i'm really enjoying flogging or i mean i don't know i'm just trying to um i'm trying to think it wasn't so much that but i i went from being bi to being straight up heterosexual really i just wanted guys 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 and my libido was out of control i know some women they get pregnant they don't want to be touched they don't want to have sex i was like i want to fuck right <laughs> i want to fuck as many guys as i possibly can <laughs> as often as possible so why, why do you think that I is i don't know what it was my hormones were out of control. And your interest in women completely... Completely gone. Did that change after? Um, I've been... It's starting to come back now that I'm almost done nursing. And I just think it's hormonal. Right. Like, I'm still nursing my son a little bit. And, um... And, um... As I'm begun to make less and less and less milk, my interest in women, I'm like, oh, she's kind of pretty. Or I'll, oh, like, wow. think about women in a sexual way, which I hadn't been for the past couple That's of really years, which, which has been the biggest thing for me. And like, I felt like guilty. Like I felt bad. I was like, Oh, because you had friends who wanted to play or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I feel, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just am not interested in women right now. <laughs> you know, I was like, you're really beautiful. And I'm sorry. I just I'm not there. I didn't mean know? to laugh, but I just seemed, it seemed like, it seems so interesting. Yeah. But it was, I'm like, it's just hormonal. It's gotta be what it is. Right, of course. There's, you know, you get all kinds of crazy hormones going through your body and... I've had so many emails, people asking me to have a, a kinky mom on because they had a lot of questions. Most of them were from other kinky moms who emailed who wanted to hear. I'm sure it's because they wanted to know if their experiences were similar. Right. I don't know. And I know... I don't know if they are. <laughs> but, but, but you actually you have but, a, a group that you've started. Yes, yes. Um... So this year we didn't meet because I'm kind of overwhelmed with the whole starting my own business plus toddlerhood um, but I'm hoping next spring to start it back up again we meet up through meetup.org and it's called alt parents mm -hmm. and I made it for um, kinky poly queer trans not your average parent right. parents and um, last year we met every like once a month for a picnic and it was a kid friendly event so people could bring their kids which is really nice because there's so many events where we can't be around, quote unquote, our tribe, of course. because everybody's playing or mm -hmm. whatever. But it was like really nice. And like people would bring their kids and we'd have a picnic and the kids would go play together. And we you could show up with your partner partner and it's fine. Right. You know, and it just wasn't it was just nice to feel like there were other parents there who were like you. And sometimes we would talk about stuff. Um, issues, problems, usually one-on-one -on -one in the lower voice so the kids wouldn't overhear. But um, 
but a lot of times no and it, but it seemed like people just liked knowing that they could go someplace and relax knowing that that was another kinky poly parent and sometimes it's it's not even a matter of needing to talk to someone just the fact that it's there yeah it's like whenever i hang out whenever we hang out with some of our kinky friends we rarely actually talk about kink we're right. just usually whatever but what so what were some of the more common questions problems concerns and stuff like that that came up um there wasn't a lot of i don't know and it's nothing like people were coming to me asking me questions it was like i said more like a, just a social space right. um so people would talk about you know, they, if someone was saying, oh, one person was going through a divorce and, you know, sort of coping with the divorce and feeling jealous about her now ex-husband's part, soon to be ex-husband's partners, right. you know, like, and sort of because she didn't want the divorce right. and just that kind of stuff. And, you know, so it's like in some ways it's a normal feeling, right. but in some ways it's not because... Because there's this added thing of, well, we were once, I was, we were once sharing a partner and had our own bond and how do I negotiate that now and, and stuff like that. I'm just, one of the common things that people have, one of the common things that people think about when they think about kids and kink and all this stuff is that how do you, what are you going to expose them to? Because like I have friends who uh, have DS relationships where there's no sex or anything like that. But there is DS going on. There's cleaning or there's something going on. Right. right? From, and the, it's, that's done in the open. Right. right? And, and then there are other people I know who want none of that at all. Right. I mean, keep it completely away. What is your, I mean, what are some of your... Well, um, my boyfriend lives in Seattle now. Mm-hmm. And um, we try to see each other a few times a year. And I've... My son's not of an age where I necessarily feel comfortable leaving him for 10 days or whatever. Right. Um, so I brought him with me. And um, we stay, I call, I refer to my boyfriend as Uncle Dave. You and, don't say boyfriend? Um, no. But he sees us hold hands. He sees us sure. kiss. He knows that when, I'm, when we stay there, and he's two right now. Right. He knows that when we stay there, I sleep in Uncle Dave's bed. Um, and he sleeps in like a little crib. And... That's just how it is. He doesn't think there's anything unusual about that he doesn't, because you know. that's how it is in our house. Right. Um, I don't know, you know, when he gets older, there's going to come a point, I'm sure, where he maybe he'll have questions about other people's uncles mm-hmm. and aunts. Um, but basically, the way we're handling it is that um, the people that we've been dating for a long period of time... Um, are generally considered like an aunt or uncle type status. Right. But also we have very close friends who we don't have a sexual relationship with who are also aunts and uncles. Right. And so there's going to be a whole set of different relationships modeled that right. an aunt or uncle might be. Well, um, you know, and when I was growing up, we took that because when I was growing up, my dad, my dad was from Philly and, um, all of his friends from elementary school, I referred to as aunt and uncle so-and-so. And, And, you know, I knew that they weren't really my aunts and uncles, but that that was the relationship they had to me. Right. It's, it's a, it's a level above, it it indicates that it's more important than friend. Right. Something more than friend. It's more than a friend, whether it's sexual or not, Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. And so that's how we've chosen to sort of do it. And we don't really tend to introduce anybody who's in that we're, newly dating right 
to our kids. Because it's the same a- thing as if I were single, a single mom. Yeah. If I were dating someone for three months, I probably wouldn't introduce them to my kid. Right. And then there would come a point where I was like, you know what? I think this is really going to, you're going to stick around. You're going to be around for a while. Okay, you can meet my kid. And it, it's the same thing as a poly, a poly partner. Do you, what, what about like, the, have you locked away the toy chest? Do you have that like, locked away? Do you um, have it, is that the, that, I think that would be the first thing I would buy. Is like a lockable <laughs> giant yeah definitely yeah yeah i mean definitely um you know things have been put out of his reach yeah but like it's the same thing as like cords you know like you can't leave cords around with with a crawling baby because they could get their neck tangled up in it for us it's more of a concern of learning that you don't hit someone unless they ask for it like learning the meaning of consent learning that no means no learning that you know what i mean all yeah. those things which are things that you want to teach a straight kid anyway absolutely um um you said straight kid now you almost it's almost like you're anticipating our kid is going to be poly and maybe kinky or something like that well all the men in my family um have had a very high sex drive and all of them have been serial cheaters. Um, and uh, after my dad and his third wife got divorced from cheating on his part, um, and I was married to my first husband, and my first husband and I had an open marriage, and I, I came out to my family that I was Polly and all this stuff, and my dad said to me, he said, he said, you know, he's like, I think you're right. I, he's like, I think I just can't be married to people it's not something I do well he's like and I've hurt too many people that I loved he's like from now on if someone wants to move in with me or whatever that's when that's when it's over I can't let it go on like that and after that he really he just had a number of girlfriends and I was really proud of him you know and I think I think that probably would have been a wise thing for you know from what I understand my half-brother cheated on his wife but you're saying, and you think it's genetic. You think your I, son as well might have a propensity for more than one relationship. Yeah, either that or at least like, I think he'll have a high sex drive. But and he might be like Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. To- he totally could be. Right. And if he is, then at least maybe he won't be too judgmental of his friends who are like, who have a higher sex drive or right. this or that. You know what I mean? Like, at least he'll have been, it, it doesn't he can choose to do whatever he wants if he wants to you know be married to one person and never like pick up a piece of rope in his life as long as he's happy right i'm happy for him i just don't want him then if he has a kid who comes to him and is like i'm gay or i'm this or i'm that i just want him to be like okay well here are some resources for you right to make sure that that kid's happy. That's all. Right. You know? Here's where my mom says you should go. Yeah. But, well, no. Talk to grandma. So are you... <laughs> so, are, you, are, you worried, are you worried at all? Because my worry wouldn't be so much about how my kid would be. It's what my kids' friends' parents might react. You know what I'm saying? Well... It's like, for example, if... Um, and maybe I'm just coming from this from a Midwestern point of view, uh, what my Midwestern family and friends would be like. If if I had a kid and they said, oh, well, uh, my 
dad went, well, we're not Polly, but you know, my dad right. went with his girlfriend over the weekend. And they're like, well, but you're married. You know, it, that whole conversation, getting back, I can imagine a parent coming back and saying, listen, you need to talk to your child. Are you worried about that at all? Or well, is it just sort of like, screw them, that's their problem? Screw them, that's their problem. Right. I mean, honestly, like, obviously, this is a podcast, so people can't see me, right. but I'm interracial. And there were totally people who, uh, when I was a kid. You're Norwegian and Swedish when you say <laughs> interracial. <laughs> not that. We should say that's not that interracial. <laughs> They're right next to each other. I mean, it's like saying Minnesota. No, my mother. mother's a Russian Jew. Right. Her well, her parents were Russian Jews. She's from the Bronx. She talks like this. Yeah. And my dad was his family was Black Irish and Native American. Wow. Not black, not Black Irish, which is a whole other thing. Right. African American, Irish, and Native American. Um. So they're very interesting. Black Irish, by the way, was a black exploitation film. I saw. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And um, so um, I'm interracial, and my husband's family are straight up from Germany, mm-hmm. like with like pedigree going. They're pure Aryan blood, three hundred years. Boy, Germany, you've come a long way. <laughs> and, well, it's a really good way to say "fuck you" to Hitler, <laughs> <laughs> like to marry me. <laughs> well, what's funny is that I have. Well, not funny. What's sad is that I have another friend who met the guy of her dreams. But she can't, he's German, mm-hmm. she's Jewish, mm-hmm. her family will never, would never stand for that, right? Well, my mom, my mom used to say to me, she used to say, you can bring home whoever you want, except for an Arab <laughs> or a German. And so I brought home a German. Right. And um, a German-American, I should right. say. And she was like, oh, and I was like, well, I was looking for a German Arab, but I couldn't find one. <laughs> like, what is she going to say to me? She married a black man in 1968. Right. She doesn't get a chance to like. Right. Is, she, is she okay? I mean, she, everything's fine now? Everything's fine. Right. You know, she was worried. And I, I don't blame her for being worried. She was worried about how his, if his parents would accept me. And his parents were like, when they met her, she even broached the subject with them. And um, my mother-in-law was like, we left Germany as fast as we possibly right. could. You know, they were, his dad was three when Hitler came to power. It's thing, not I, like they had a lot of, um, a lot of power in Nazi Germany to do anything. They were children. Um, and as soon as they became young adults, they left. But she's not like oversensitive. She's not like, she saw the video of your, your son walking for the first time and saying, I noticed a hint of goose step in there. <laughs> no. She's not worried? Okay. No, no. Although he does like to do the goose step. It's really <laughs> oh, funny. <God. laughs> He's been experimenting with funny walks. Sure. So well, it's a funny walk. It is a funny walk. So he does this, like, he's been doing this, like, stiff-legged walk. We'll and say, we're like, my husband will say, he goose-stepped his way in our hearts. <laughs> it sounds, sounds like a bad sitcom. <laughs> you have to laugh about it. Of Otherwise, you give them power. But that's awesome, though. That is, it's awesome that, that um, it sounds like you have... Well, look, there are people a, who are not going to like him because... He looks white, but is actually interracial. Right. You know, um, he's going to have a whole set of issues relating to that. When I was growing up, there were people who, when my they found out that I wasn't adopted, but my mother had given birth to me, did not want their children coming over to our house. Right. You I know, think- and so if that's how that is, I'm I'm sorry for those kids, but we were still friends at school, <laughs> so it was fine. Um, I should know? say that for all this for those people who people who have never seen me. Most of the people who listen to the podcast yeah. have seen. They should know that Saad and I have a similar relationship. She's blonde and I'm sandy blonde. 
So yes, well, I, obviously. I know where you're coming you from. You totally know where I I'm coming relate. from. <laughs> it's very similar. Exactly. Very it's exactly the same, actually. Back to being a kinky parent. Yes. Have you noticed yourself being more sensitive to certain things at all? Like, well, obviously, I mean, outside of the obvious, like, for example, make sure the dildos aren't on the coffee table. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. and But it's actually, there's certain things that I've been noticing, um, you know, children... My mom's a teacher, and so she gives me all these great factoids. And um, children learn more. In your lifetime, you learn the most from the time you're zero to five. Yeah. And after that, everything you learn is equivalent to those first five years. Yeah, of course. And so there's a lot of stuff that I've started noticing with the way that my husband and I model things. Because a lot of the way children learn is just through observation um observation and mimicking and so we've really cut down on the like playful slapping oh. um we've cut down on uh playful butt squeezing um and groping right um and we've cut down we've had to cut down on um like french kissing in front of him because, like, we'll call my son Eddie for short when he gets into these Oedipal moods where he's like, all done, daddy. Like, or my husband will come and hug me and right. give me a kiss and he'll go, he'll go, all done, all done, daddy. That's all done, daddy. Eh, we've had enough yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, so we call him Eddie for short right, for course. Oedipus at, at those moments. But one of the things I said to my husband was I was like, okay, you can't, like, French kiss me in front of our son anymore and he was like well why not and I was like because he grabbed my face the other day and tried to stick his tongue in my mouth okay but that's which from other right because he, he sees that that's how we're being affectionate right and he's like oh daddy loves mommy I love mommy let me kiss her sure but it's not appropriate for him to kiss me like that. He has to kiss you know what I mean well, he's and gonna be exposed to French kissing he's gonna be exposed to French kissing but for now just to sort of like, you know, so that, you know, when he goes to nursery school, he knows he can hug his friends. He can kiss them on the cheek. Right. But he shouldn't be French kissing them. he shouldn't them. be groping. And he right. shouldn't be groping their butts. He right. shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like, cool. yeah, I never thought of that. The, one of the other things we do is um, we're very much, I'm very much, I want him to feel like he has bodily integrity. And I want him to know that no has power. Um, and that. And so it's. I said to my husband, it's really important that we respect his no. It's like we know people who will tickle their kids until they cry. Right. Right. We never do that. We tickle him and then we stop and then we wait for him to ask for more. Right. And he does. He'll giggle, giggle, giggle. And then we stop and he says more. And then we right. tickle him some more. I and when he gets more. And when he says, OK, all done, we immediately stop. Mm-hmm. Because we want him to know that people will respect if he feels like his no gets respected when someone else tells him no, right, he'll respect that. Yeah, that's a good idea, and that yeah, 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 that's good. You know, and sometimes we have to over overpower that too. You know, like in the case of you know you got peanut butter in your hair and you don't want your hair washed, well, you still have to get your hair washed. Right. We explain why we're doing it. Right. You know, yes, we're going against you. You know, and so there's not. It's not always perfect. Minus, but but yeah. in terms of playing and stuff we certainly try to respect his no right you know so you're teaching you're doing what most parents do it's like um these are the rules until i say they're not no that's not true because he when i people have said to me they're like wow your son is so responsive when you tell him not to do something because he's a little over two right and i'm like well 
yeah, we don't. I I do say no. I say it firmly. We change the the subject if yeah. he's not paying attention. We distract him and do something else. But he respects my no because I respect his. That's awesome. I never thought about that. So, so this is this is going into basic parenting too. Already. Yeah. Um, and okay. so hopefully when he's sixteen, and kind of drunk at a party and making out with a girl, right? And she says no, right? He'll respect that no, right? That's all I want, you know. The one thing I know that I've always wondered because I, and I know other people in the past. Excuse me. Who've actually done this? Where they've actually completely gotten kink out of their lives once they had kids because they were worried about some sort of will. Am I going to be a fit parent? Am I? Are people going to take my kid away? And there was a time when this yeah. was a, a concern. Yeah, no. But this doesn't probably doesn't happen. At least not in New York City. Probably. I don't think it happens as much in places like New York. It probably happens more in other places though. And it is a concern. Like right. that's part of you know appropriate boundaries but like in, you know I, I was talking to someone I interviewed someone from Germany and they you know they've actually talked about it, it's already gone through the courts if you're kinky and you're in lifestyle and you're into BDSM you can still be a teacher you can still right. all the, they've actually they have they've addressed this right right or maybe this has been addressed here but if it has I don't really that much. no right yeah exactly whereas there they've covered it right mm-hmm. you know you can still be a parent and you can go out and you know Saying, yeah. oh, I got pegged today, or whatever. Yeah. doesn't matter. Um, but that would be a concern of mine, because all it would take is one person, because you always hear these crazy stories about a parent or you know a neighbor who saw their parent do something completely innocuous, and then they get their kids taken away from it. Right. Of it. Or, for example, like there was a story of the, the one woman who, um, they, they caught her with like, you know, a small little amount of pot, and then she lost her kid for like right. two years or something like that, right? The one that I do worry, I do worry about other people to a certain degree. But on the other hand, I also know that um, overall, we're very good parents. He's loved, he's cared for. Um, Anybody who met him would see that he's happy and cheerful. You know what I mean? Like all these different things that there's so many, um, that, that there's so many factors that go into and also, too, because I come from a family of social workers and um, teachers who have seen abused kids sure. and have sometimes had to call CPS, um, especially my mom, who you know taught special ed in New- in the South Bronx in the 1970s, you can imagine, um, that there's a lot of factors that go into that kind of call. One, one call isn't usually what does it. Yeah. It's, there's usually... A number of calls right. and um, a number of visits and yeah. a number of it's you it it often sounds like it's just one thing but it's usually a number of things and, and like you said anyone could if someone were to show up it would take no time whatsoever for them to see that you know yeah right. this is a subject that, that uh, it, you know we could talk for hours about and and, and I, have and I, and I hope and I hope you're willing to come back I would love to again, come back because what, what I would love to do is uh, have a sort of a kinky parent roundtable. Yeah, that would be ideal. Yeah, but I have seen some of these other friends who 
are kinky parents, but they're just not comfortable getting in front of a microphone just yet. Okay. But they're, they're, you know, I'm trying to convince them, but you might know some Maybe more they kinky could parents. talk through a tube. That's, that's true. They, they've Hello, asked, like that. They've asked about, like, what about voice changing thing? I'm like, I can't stand listening to voice changing <laughs> stuff for two seconds, much less two hours. How about around a ball gag? Right. right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or, I have nothing. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I'm sure whatever you're saying is important and valid. I don't understand. So I'm either assuming that it's very, very smart and valid or stupid and, uh, and ignorant. You know? um, but if someone wants to get in touch uh, and, and wants to participate in the... All, po- all, all poly, parent. All parent. It's called All Parent, and you can just uh, look for it on meetup.org. It's not, okay, you don't have a FetLife group or anything like that? N- well, actually, I do have a FetLife group, but nobody participates. But there's a FetLife group called All... Is it called All Parent? I think it's all called All Parent. I don't remember because nobody participates. But if you go to my FetLife profile... Which is? NEX0S. Right. Nexus. Um, there's a link to it. I can also link to it on the website. Yeah, you can link to okay. it on the website. And then people can, can go and they can exchange Talk about and stuff. stuff. Like that, right. Yeah. And um, and also there's a New York Meetup group. And there's a New York Meetup group, which I haven't been doing this year because I've been overwhelmingly busy. Right. But I'm hoping to do it again in the spring. And if other people, if you join the Meetup group and you want to throw a picnic... You, you go, go take for the ball, it. Take the ball run. And if someone there's wants, a list of people waiting to go on picnics. And if someone wants to, and they're just sitting there with their baskets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their, they, their kids are waiting. They're waiting. They're just waiting. And if someone wants to see you perform, oh yes, I perform with. Um, you can go. I have a Facebook profile for Ivy League, Miss Ivy League. Right. Um, it's Facebook backslash Miss Ivy League. Right. Um, and um. I perform with paper dolls right. once a month and then occasionally other burlesque performances as well. Um, if I'm doing another performance, I'll announce it on the web page. Um, but yeah, friend me on Facebook. This is so good. I'm so glad you, you came by and, and, and did this. Thank you for inviting me. I had a really good time. <laughs> and I'm sorry about getting the address wrong in my no, initial okay. Uh Thank you to Miss Ivy League. All of her contact info is on the website, uh, massacast.com. Uh, you can also find uh, past episodes. You can donate. You can email me. You can leave a question for the Mastercast to other people. It's all there. Mastercast, M-A-S-O-C-A-S-T dot com. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.